Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we still may struggle in our intimate relationships? Yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational practices and support from trusted allies. My husband and I have a wonderful marriage, but we're not necessarily the best relationship teachers. In episode 315, I brought on the founders of the Relationship School, Jason and Ellen. They live and breathe all things relational, boundaries, conflict, owning your needs, attachment styles, and so much more. If you want to learn how to work through conflict better and communicate better, Jason is offering 50% off his Indestructible Partnerships course. Thousands of people have changed their relationships for the better with this course. Go to relationshipschool slash Laura and use the coupon code Laura to get 50% off this life-changing course. Now back to the podcast. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Motivation Monday. Today's topic is about sleep. I just did a physical therapy continuing education class on sleep and of course the importance of it. And I'm going to share some of the findings with you, some of the latest research. You know, we walk around and practically every day, if you live with someone, one of the first things you ask is, how did you sleep? And we don't always know like how we slept, right? We, it shows up in other ways. Sometimes we feel like we slept well, but we're tired midday or our focus isn't great. Or sometimes we just know we didn't sleep well and consistently don't sleep well. So what, how do we answer this common question and how do we do something about our sleep to change it, to improve it? The first thing is to really examine some of our habits that could be contributing to the decreased quality and quantity of sleep. Even if you have two possible habits, those two can really impact your sleep. So some of these things that do impact your sleep are ones you might know and some you might not know as much. One is caffeine. Caffeine has been shown to prolong sleep latency, meaning it's kind of getting into the cycle of our sleep is delayed. And then our total sleep time and efficiency is decreased. And 
we often have a worsened perception of our sleep quality as well when we have caffeine too late in the day. So I'll discuss about what we can do about that, but just think these are some possible habits. So caffeine, not moving, not exercising enough during the day has a big impact on your sleep. So I preach about movement and it affects every system. It affects how we feel mentally, but it also really impacts how we sleep. Light, especially the blue light that's coming out of our devices, has been shown in all the recent research, and something we probably already know, is that it really impacts our sleep. The temperature of our room impacts our sleep. Other kind of light sources impact our sleep. Drinking alcohol impacts our sleep. Drinking too much water or eating too much too late in the day before we go to bed impacts our sleep. You can also wake up if you have to go to the bathroom. Not getting enough sun during the day impacts our sleep. So these are some factors. If you even have two of these possible habits, then you need to really rope them in to get your better sleep. So how much sleep should everybody be getting? Well, the recommended for different ages go like this. And I'll just breeze through the younger ages because they're not listening, but you might have a newborn. So newborn is 14 to 17 hours, four to 11 month old, 12 to 15 hours, one to two years old, 11 to 14 hours, three to five years old, 10 to 13 hours, six to 13 years old, nine to 11 hours, 14 to 17 year olds. Think about your teenagers. Eight to 10 hours of sleep is recommended. 18 to 25, young adult, seven to nine hours. And that stays the same in ages 26 to 64, seven to nine. Now, some people think as you get older, you need less sleep, but the research has shown 65-year-olds and up need seven to eight hours of sleep. Many of them are only getting five hours of sleep. They're getting a lot of disrupted sleep. And that happens with age because of some of those factors that I mentioned earlier, some of those habits. So the factors that do determine sleep are our internal clock, which is kind of the regularity when we go to bed, when we wake up. And if your internal clock is really vastly different or even a little bit different and there's not like a um, ritual to it, that can impact your sleep. So if you go to bed sometimes at nine, sometimes at midnight, You wake up sometimes at 6.30, sometimes at 8.30. Like Those little changes of your internal clock can affect your sleep. Your natural circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is really the the cycle of sleep and the cycle of waking. I always think of it like as the primitive chicken brain. If you've ever, I used to have chickens and they are on the clock in terms of their circadian rhythms. When the sun starts coming up, they wake up, they start moving, they then move throughout the day. They might sit in the sunlight a little bit, but they're pecking around. And then this, the sun starts to go down and they head back into the coop to get ready for bed. So they're very much driven by this circadian rhythm. And there's a part of the brain, it's the hypothalamus, the master clock that resides in there. It's called the suprachiasmic nucleus within this hypothalamus. This is your master clock. It's receiving light cues from the environment, which is telling you when you need to be awake, when you need to be asleep. And chickens, of course, really follow it. We as humans don't, we, we kind of can mess up the 
getting the light cueing to that uh, suprachiasmic nucleus, that master clock, and that can really disturb our sleep. So that's a big factor in disturbing sleep or determining sleep is your circadian rhythm. The thing about sleep is that it affects every system in the body. It affects your endocrine system. That's your hormones, your lymphatic system. That's your ability, your immunity, your cardiovascular system. And so some recent search, uh, I'm going to share just some recent research findings that will hopefully really inspire you to start optimizing your sleep because there's some major risk factors that have been found associated with poor or suboptimal sleep. So suboptimal sleep is associated with a higher risk of coronary artery disease, coronary heart disease, higher risk of type 2 diabetes, higher risk of weight gain and obesity, higher risk of reproductive health disorders because sleep impacts males' testosterone and females' estrogen in particular. And it also affects our DNA. So we have these telomeres that telomeres are the length of the telomeres really determine our health. And so law, everybody's always working for longer telomere length that's associated with better health, better memory, better mental function. So a late sleep onset is associated with shorter telomere length. So, and that's your biological age is um, often correlated to your telomere length, but you can do something about your telomere. So you could be like an older person with longer telomeres and, and that's what gives you that vitality of youth. Or you could be a 30-year-old, so your biological age is young and you have these shorter telomeres. You, you, you have like the telomere length of an older person and that a lot, and sleep impacts that. So it's impacting your DNA. Poor sleep has that negative impact on that telomere length. Chronic pain. Chronic pain increases with poor sleep. There's a research that was um, showed a bi, it's called a bidirectional relationship between pain and sleep, meaning decrease sleep, increase pain. And then you reverse that. Increase your sleep, you decrease your pain. So anybody with chronic pain really needs to really needs to level up on their sleeping habits, really needs to improve their sleep because this, the research has shown the chronic pain is definitely associated with poor sleep. Performance. So better sleep impacts your physical performance, your mental performance, your injury risk, your recovery, and your mental health. So as an athlete, as a non-professional athlete, like I consider myself an athlete, I'm really interested in my performance. Better sleep is going to be one of the biggest factors that will impact physical performance, will impact that decreased injury risk. It will improve recovery and mental health. Another thing that sleep, um, our research has shown that sleep affects is decision-making. And I remember watching years ago how people were forced to stay up for 24 hours and 48 hours, and then they would have to drive, and then they have to take a quiz, and you would just see this vast deterioration in their, in their decision-making, in their performance, of course, in their, in their mental alertness as they were sleep-deprived. Decision-making happens in the frontal lobe of your brain. And this recent research that uh, was done on sleep deprivation shows that the frontal lobe in particular is impacted. Well, frontal lobe is where decision-making is made, where 
filtering, you know, your decisions is made. So like when you, how you speak, you know, it's your filter. So you become less filtered, less inhibited. So really poor decision-making can happen when you aren't getting as much sleep because the inhibition centers of the frontal lobe are affected. A really revelatory study showed a high correlation between light and cancer. So if you have more light at night, your melatonin, which is a super important hormone that's released during sleep, is suppressed. And it, the light disturbs your melatonin. And with the melatonin suppression, there is a correlation with cancer progression. So sleep deprivation and your internal clock, when those are off, your melatonin secretion is is off as well. And they've seen um, high correlations of people who work night shifts um, and having cancer and having coronary heart disease. Because again, they are really disturbing some of those important biochemical processes that happen as you're sleeping. And stress is also, the studies have shown, it is definitely increased as your sleep is decreased. And stress can be, on again, it's happening on these organs, it's happening on these systems, but it could also be your, your stress, your cortisol is increased when you are not sleeping as well. So what are some things that you can do to improve your sleep? There's seven tips that were given in this physical therapy session, physical therapy continuing ed. And these tips are really based on the research out there, how to prevent those kind of negative risk factors from happening and really improve the functioning of your immune system, your cardiovascular system, and your neurological system. So here are the tips. Number one, routine. And this can be really hard for a lot of us. But if you think back, if you've had children, or even if you've been around children, children really, a lot of people who are raising children, some don't go by routine, but there's a reason why a lot of people do adapt to a kid, a child's routine, because it not only is wonderful to get your kid to bed, and have a good night's sleep, but they're much easier the next day. So if they have a routine, they are developing well, they're mentally balanced, you know, they're not going to have this kind of volatility in their emotions. They're just able to manage themselves. And a lot of their growing and healing properties happen in their sleep. And so go back to what I was saying earlier about how much sleep kids need. And so we spend a lot of time on developing a bedtime routine, having them go to bed at the same time, having them wake at the same time. That at some point in adolescence probably, and then going on into adulthood, we often lose this kind of nighttime routine and we just go to bed kind of like when we feel like it. Some people know like I need to be in bed by 10 because I have to get up for work. And but others are a little bit more loose about it. And including myself, I've had times where, you know, I go to bed one to two hours difference. One night I'll go to bed at 10 and another night I'll go to bed at 11.30. And same with waking. So this is saying the first thing you can do is work on your routine. And just like a diet or something where you're trying to change your habit, you really need to buckle down and come up with a good routine and a good system 
So this is kind of codified like a computer. You know, 10 o'clock, go to bed. 7 o'clock, get up or whatever, sometime around then. If you're going to bed really late, you might be going past that REM stage and going, uh, it might be harder to get to sleep. So there's times of days which are going to be easier to go to bed. But really, I think most people who are you know, having their, that are not on a night shift or something, really should be going to bed around 10 o'clock, whether it's from 9 to 10 or 10 to 11, but somewhere in that range and getting that adequate amount of sleep. As an adult, you need seven to nine hours of sleep um, up to 65 years old. And I don't know if many of us are getting that regularly. So get your routine down. What are some things you can do? Think about the nighttime routine with a kid. You would, like with my kids, they would take a bath. They would, we would sing. I would read a story, you know, turn off the lights. We'd say a couple of things, what we were grateful for, and then boom. And you don't necessarily have to go through all those things, but if you instill like maybe a little reading or journaling or taking a bath or having a mindfulness practice, something that is signaling to your brain and nervous system that you are winding down, that you are getting ready to sleep, that can really help that routine. The second thing, the second tip, lights. Now we hear a lot about blue lights, blue blockers and all that, blue blocker light, you know, glasses. I have some of them. The blue light in our computers and our phones really disturb our sleep. And that can, even if it's, even if you're asleep and it's next to you, it's obviously disturbing it, but going to bed and having that blue light coming is messing up your circadian rhythm. So you need to put the phone down or the device down 30 minutes before you go to bed. I need to follow these rules. I wear my blue blockers and then I still am looking at the computer but I'm going to try to do better than that because the blue blockers probably help. I don't know if they fully do do the job. So we need to start to minimize that light. But then you have to look at other lights. You should be in a dark room. Do you have a night light? Do you have a clock light? Even that little bit of light has been shown to disturb melatonin. And remember, melatonin suppression is correlated with cancer progression. The melatonin is not being produced. You also are not getting into your optimal sleep. You're not getting into the right amount of your REM sleep. So really go for a dark, dark room with no lights. If you have one of those clocks that's a digital light, sometimes when I've slept in my daughter's room, she has one of those clocks. And it's like, I am so used to a very dark room. Like I can't even handle that digital clock. I have to put a towel over it or unplug it. I would really recommend that. If you need it for waking up, then you need to figure out like how you can have it set for you to wake up, but then cover the light or put it under the bed or something so that you aren't seeing any of the glow. All right. Three, it needs to be cold and quiet. So our body when it starts to go into sleep cycle, our body temperature lowers. That's an important part of going into our sleep cycle. So if we're sleeping in a really hot environment, our body's going to struggle with that lowering of the temperature. And you want to just go ahead and set it up. So in wintertime, this might be easy to do, although a lot of people blast heat. My husband and I sleep, we try and sleep with about, at, at about 65 degrees. Now, I don't put the AC to 65 in the summer because that just feels like I'm in a freezer. 
But in the winter, you don't need to blast that heat. Like have it at 65, get under some covers, and you'll probably notice that's some of your best sleep when it's actually really quite cold in the room. And the studies, again, have supported that, saying that it needs to be cold and it needs to be quiet. And if you're into buying gadgets and all that, there's all these kinds of different cooling mattresses and cooling systems that can help where just the mattress itself, the underlying mattress has a cooling quality to it. So you, if you don't want to get the room uh, totally, quali- you know, totally cool, you can actually do it in the mattress. But our circadian clock neurons, you know, the circadian rhythm, again, is that like primitive brain. The clock neurons are constantly monitoring environmental temperature to set our sleep timing. So it needs to be consistently cold and quiet. Think about like if you've ever been in the hospital. So they did a research study on the sleep quality between like persons that lived in a hospital, were in a hospital versus a home. And it was, it was astonishing. Of course, we know hospitals going to be much more disturbed sleep. People are coming in and checking in on you. The lights, the noise, there was a vast difference. And where usually if you're in the hospital, you're trying to heal. And so hospitals are now trying to take this, this more recent research and making some changes in how they deal with patients to set them up for the best sleep because that's when they're going to heal and improve. But typical, the, you know, the sleep quality between hospital and home settings was very vast in this research study. Okay, so we need routine, we need light, we need no lights, so take the lights out, and cold and quiet. So number four is relax. So some kind of relaxation that could be in the form of a bath, that could be in the form of reading, so that you're not just going from hurry-scurry all around to get in your bed. There is, again, this rhythm that sets you up and invites you into sleep. So find out what is something that would make you feel relaxed. Five is body alignment. So I'm asked all the time, what is the best way to sleep? And I always say, it's hard to say because everybody is going to move around. But there has been some recent research that has showed that sleep position, the body alignment, does have an impact on improving your sleep. So the three positions, usually people, those are the only three I can think of, are going to be side-lying on your belly, which is called prone, or on your back, which is called supine. And the research showed that in all of those, the body alignment needs to really keep the neutral spine and neutral pelvis as much as possible so that you're not twisting or kind of twerking your neck or your spine and then doing that into your pelvis and low back. So if you're sleeping on your side, putting a pillow between your knees or even hugging a pillow under that top arm is really a nice way of keeping the spine as level as possible. You don't want the pillow that's underneath your head ever to be torquing your neck up. So that pillow needs to be fairly flat. If you're sleeping on your stomach, consider putting something underneath your low belly to keep your low back supported. So think of a pillow or under your belly and maybe something even under your low legs if you need that. If your legs straightening out kind of arches your back. So get in a position on your if you're a stomach sleeper um, where you can get the support from under your body because you're sleeping on your belly, so you need it from under. So again, you could put the pillow under your abdominals, under your low back, and then you could put something under your knees. Now, if you're sleeping on your back, putting something under your knees is really important because a lot of times you'll arch your back. 
So something bigger, sometimes you'll even have a bolster like, or a, you could be like a sofa cushion. And if you do that, you might also need like a little towel under your low back just to ensure that the low back is supported. So sleeping on your back, people do do it and you can put something to really get yourself in the neutral pelvis. But that cervical spine needs to be neutral as well. So be careful about how high your pillow is. You want it to be as flat as possible. So body alignment is an is one of the tips to improve your sleep. Uh, number six is you know monitoring those stimulants, specifically caffeine and alcohol. So alcohol has an impact on your sleep, and so does caffeine. Those are different types of stimulants. One's more, you know, caffeine is more of a stimulant up. Alcohol is more of a uh, depressant, but they both will s- disrupt your sleep homeostasis, meaning how you are balancing your sleep, how you're maintaining that sleep cycle. So watch the stimulants, watch the food. So there's caffeine in food, caffeine in chocolate, for instance, there's hidden caffeine in things. And you don't want to eat too late because your digestion, if you have a very full stomach, your parasympathetic nervous system is going to go into rest and digest, but you want it to go into full rest and not be doing the digesting as much. So you want to be more in the, you want to have the food more digested before you go to bed on a big full stomach. That can impact your sleep. And finally, a tip, this is going to really resonate with me, is activity. Are you exercising during the day? Are you moving around? This is so important because if you exercise has that that kind of movement has a strong correlation with your circadian rhythm, with your, your brain's understanding you know, that it needs movement during the day and that movement is going to set you up for better rest. You, know, you have, after you exercise, when you exercise, you usually have a two to three hour kind of window of time where you start to give this kind of wind down from exercise. And that's so say you exercise in the morning, that's fine. You're still carrying that rhythm of working out throughout the day, that performance. But if you never work out and never move, you're not getting into these kind of natural chemical reactions to working out that are so great. And so your brain never, you kind of never fully wake up and you never are going to sleep as well either. So you, you really want to move so your body feels the movement. Um, it releases the, the hormones that will help you feel alert and then also feel sleepy. So that being active is really, really important for being able to, again, figure out when you need to rest. Your body wants to have that balance, that homeostasis. So if you never really get going, your body's never sure if you're like fully awake. So you kind of are awake, but you know, you're dragging through the day, but not really feeling awake. So make sure you exercise, make sure you move. So important. So again, think about how you're sleeping, your body position, what your sleep environment is like, the lights, the noise, the temperature, what are the habits that could be contributing to decreased quality and quantity? You know, are you drinking caffeine or wine? You know, are you drinking too much water too late? Are you not getting out in the sun during the day to stimulate that super chiasmatic nucleus, that master clock, right? If you don't get natural sunlight, you're also going to be less likely to, to develop enough melatonin when you're sleeping. 
So I hope this helped you today. It's really, these were all things that I knew, but I loved seeing the research that they did that just validated what we kind of intuitively know is how important sleep is. Every system of your body, how alert you are, how your brain is functioning, the the telomere length, the decision-making of that frontal lobe, the memory, by the way, memory, the hippocampus is also impacted when you don't get enough sleep. And conversely, you have better memory, better cognition when you get enough sleep. So your memory area of the brain is functioning well. And you know, it's, it's so important. It's so important for us to feel our best, to keep moving, to have decreased pain. I mean, again, if you have chronic pain, you need to be sleeping more. You need to sleep. So there is such a thing, of course, as too much sleep. If you're sleeping regularly 10 to 12 hours a day and for no particular reason, then you might have some kind of chronic disease or something that makes you sleepier. But in general, most people are not getting enough sleep. So go get sleep. Let's all sleep well. So when we ask that question, how was your sleep? It can be like, great, you know, 80 to 100% of the time. That would be amazing. As always, I'm pulling for you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.